Hello, you are now listening to Real Matters of the Heart, the podcast, where we say life is all about chances and you can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. I am your host, Joy. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode number 18 entitled The Level Up. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that I typically have on a guest where we have conversations about the things of life and what we've learned, what we think we know, and what we understand to be true. But today, I'm doing something a little bit different. Today is May 31st, 2017, and it is the three-year anniversary of the grand opening of my fitness studio, Eat, Sleep, Sweat. I cannot believe it has already been three years. And so today, I am on the podcast sharing with you my journey, my testimony as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and everything that I've learned about myself and how... um, just how this journey has unfolded for me. And I think it's always important to share this because there's this very romanticized picture of what it looks like to own a business on social media. People think it means you make your own schedule and you do what you want to do and you vacation and it's glamorous and it's this and it's that. And I don't think that we talk enough about kind of the other side of things. So I'm just sharing a little bit of that today, hopefully with the intention of encouraging and inspiring people who have dreams of their own that they want to um, pursue or that they may be pursuing and maybe feeling like, is it really this hard for everyone else who's doing it? The answer is more than likely yes. And um, just another big announcement too, that is um, kind of, I've been holding back from sharing publicly, but I think it's appropriate to now kind of let loose. So I'll be giving that announcement today and sharing with you a little bit more about what's coming up next for me. Not too much, but just enough to keep you excited, um, at least as excited as I am about what's happening. So, um, you know, this podcast for me is about sharing stories and ideas that become conversations that ultimately inspire action and eventually lead to change. And so I think once you dive into the content of what I'm going to be talking about in this conversation, you'll see exactly why I think that's so important. So without further ado, here is episode number 18 of the Real Matters of the Heart podcast, The Level Up. Enjoy. Today is May 31st, 2017. My throat is hurting has been for a few days and I think it is a physical reaction to um, an emotional state that I'm in right now. I woke up this morning to a text message from a friend wishing me a happy anniversary. Today is the three-year anniversary of my grand opening to Eat Sleep Sweat, my fitness studio that has been a dream of mine since I was 13 years old. Um, Today is also the day that I move out of the studio. So exactly three years to the date from the day that I had my grand opening celebration, I am having my grand closing move out. So um, that is why I said I think my sore throat is a physical manifestation of an emotional kind of state of being at the moment. I feel like I am a bit choked up, um, so to speak. So I'm going to say before I begin this podcast that I apologize in advance for whatever my voice may sound like on the other side of this recording. Um, 
and any coughing I may do as well. Um, but I decided to record this morning. It is 6.47 a.m. And I do have a ton of things I need to be doing to finalize the move out. But I thought it was important to sit down and take this moment to kind of acknowledge, first of all, what I'm feeling, but also what this means for me, this um, this moment, this decision to close my studio. Um, what I had to remind myself in this process, because as I mentioned, this has been a childhood dream of mine. I remember writing when I was 13 years old, I had uh, an assignment in my English class, my ninth grade English class. And it was like to write out your 10 year plan. And about 10 years ago, I came across that plan. And essentially what I was saying is that I would go to school, I would study sports medicine, and that eventually I would have my own training studio where I could work with people, athletes specifically, around um, just meeting their full potential, you know, injury prevention, um, really honing in on their sport, their skill, their craft, making them the best that they could possibly be, training and, you know, skills and quickness and power and, you know, all the things that come as a part of being an athlete, coordination, agility, balance, strength, all the above. And I remember when I came across that, I was still at that point about eight years removed from actually having the studio, but at that point had already graduated from school and studied actually kinesiology exercise science, which is basically sports medicine. And at the time had just started working at a fitness studio, which was my first step towards opening my own studio. So when I worked at that studio, I intentionally found a space that was privately owned and with whom I could have a close relationship with the, with the, um, the owners of the studio because I knew that I would be able to talk to them about their process to opening their own studio and kind of see the behind the scenes of running a studio. So that was a very intentional move on my part and became what I recognize now as the first step towards getting me closer to opening my own studio in terms of my adult mind and my consciousness and all of that. So I was, I was at the point when I found that paper that I wrote in high school. At that point, I was about probably halfway to the mark of opening my own studio, I would say. Having finished school and kind of all of that. So I remember thinking, wow, how interesting it was for me to be 13 and to be so clear about what I wanted. And then for me to be, I think I was about 26 at the time when I found the paper, um, to be so like kind of on the path was really amazing to me, which for me in that moment felt like whatever it is that you are created to do, your gifts will make room for you. Your path kind of carves itself out as you take step by step um, in alignment with being true and authentic to what it is that you desire for yourself um, was kind of like the lesson that I would take from that is that, you know, I think we have pictures and ideas in our minds of, and what we, of what we want to do. And largely those pictures are like the end point, but we don't always know what happens in the space between where we are at the moment and where we want to be. And I truly believe that just continuing to stay, take steps and take action 
is what ultimately kind of carves out that path for you. And you don't typically know how you're going to get there or what it's going to look like. Um, but what you do know is what you can do next. And so I always say action brings clarity. The more active you are, the more intentional you are in moving towards what you want, the more clear you become about A, what, what you want looks like, but B, what your next steps will be and what your next steps will be and what your next step will be. So one step always reveals the next step is essentially what I'm saying. So that would be like the first gold nugget that I think I would take from just this journey of arriving to this place of having my own studio. Um, and so uh, the time went on. I worked at that studio and I worked there. I gave myself about two years, which I think it ended up being about two and a half. Then I left and I started working for myself. And a couple of my clients came with me and I started renting space at another studio. And I did that for a while. Um, and I was working as an independent contractor. Or not even necessarily a contractor. I was just kind of working as... I was self-employed at that point. And I think that was in like 2011, I think is what it, when I first kind of stepped out and was working for myself. Um... At the time, I was doing a ton of other things because I'm always doing a ton of other things. Story of my life. I think I was like coaching water polo still and a bunch of other things. And so that was that. Um, and so I remember kind of fast forward a little bit. So I worked for myself starting in 2011, 2013. Um, I remember it was the summer of 2013. And my mom had come to visit my house at the time I was living in Baldwin Hills. And she came over to my house and we were talking. And just as she was leaving, I was walking her out and we stood on my porch. And I just said, I feel like it's time for me to go, mom. I said, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know when I'm leaving. And I don't know necessarily how all of it is going to unfold or what's going to happen. But I just feel like I've outgrown this space and it's time for me to move on. And I skipped a little bit. I should kind of mention that in 2012, I started feeling like, and I'm laughing because, again, your, your, your path will carve itself out. Um, in 2012, I started kind of feeling like this tug on my spirit to move into ministry. And I was immediately... Like, absolutely not. I will not do preacher, pulpit, pews, you know, Bible-toting, Jesus freak. Like, I, I won't do it. And I was very adamant about that. I literally remember saying to God, like, you need to find someone else because I'm not doing it. And I remember talking to a mentor of mine at my church, and she kind of said, well, you already do that. You know, you pray with your clients, you provide a space for them to probably do and say and be things that they don't have the opportunity to do, say, or be in other places. Um, and she just kind of showed me all the ways in which I was already using my gift as a ministry out in the world. And immediately when she said that to me, I just broke down in tears because, um, you just don't always realize how powerful you are. And sometimes it takes someone outside of you to remind you. And so when she said that to me, 
I submitted to the idea that I could be a quote unquote minister, right? Because again, my picture in my mind thought it meant to stand in front of a congregation and preach from the Bible. And I was like, I'm not doing it Um, for a number of reasons, which I won't get into those right now, but not because I feel any type of way about that. I think those people are a gift and I think that they're very necessary and, you know, all of the things. And so it's not that I feel any type of way about that. It's just for me, I didn't feel like that was my calling. And so when she framed my ministry um, in this way that it was like, you get to still participate in your gift of, you know, health and fitness and sport and coaching and training. And I was just like, oh, well then if that's what it looks like, bring it on kind of right. And so I kind of began to submit to this idea and take my own spiritual journey much more seriously because I understood that if this is what I was being called to do, then largely other people's journeys would be attached to mine. And for some people, this might be the only chance they get to um, kind of commune with God in this way, because I do understand that not everyone does the church thing or whatever else. And so I thought, okay, I need to really begin to take my, my spiritual journey much more seriously if this is what I'm being called to do. So that was what it was. And so All of 2013, um, I really kind of dived deep into my personal spiritual journey. And it's interesting because now on Facebook, we have these like Facebook memories, they pop up and I'll see things that I wrote as status updates and things. And I'm like impressing myself like that was really powerful and you know, sometimes it'll be things that are incredibly relevant for me. Like the day that I'll see it will be like, wow, I need to see that today. And I kind of wrote a love letter to myself, you know, three, four or five years ago. So it's really interesting to kind of be able to revisit my my past self in that way and kind of remember where I was and what I was intentionally doing and where my mind was around the choices that I was making concerning my spiritual journey and my relationship with God and how I understood God to be and to function in my life and all of those things. So um, I also decided in 2013 that I was going to keep a gratitude journal. And so every single night I would sit in my bed and I would write in a journal what I was grateful for that day. But it wouldn't be like a general, you know, Oh, thank God for waking me up this morning. Thank God for a roof over my head. Thank God for food on the table. Because, of course, I'm grateful for those things. But I would intentionally pick specific things that I knew. Like, no, this is God. You saw me joy today. And the billions of people who have spoken to you, who have cried out to you, who have thanked you, who have even damned you on today. Like, you saw joy and you showed up in joy's life in this way on today. And... I did that every single day in 2013 and I would tear out the sheet of paper and I'd write the date on it. I'd fold it up and I stuck it in a box. And so I have this box now full of things that I'm grateful for. Um, But I started that in 2013, every single day. And so um, towards the summer, so now getting back to that part of the story where my mom had visited my house and she was leaving and I walked her out and we're standing on my porch And it was the summertime, and I remember saying to her that it was time for me to go, that I had outgrown that space, and that I didn't know what was next, what it was going to look like, or how I was going to get there, but that I knew it was time for me to go. And at the time, I was also going to this event with this brother named Billionaire, who some of you may have heard of or who you may know him. 
And at the time he was having this event, every first Wednesday of the month called Wealthy Wednesday, Speak Your Dreams Into Existence. And the premise of the event is that you'd go there and everyone who wanted to would have the chance to stand up in front of a room full of people and say what it is that they wanted to do, speak their dreams for their lives. And then the idea was that anyone in the room who had contacts or resources that could connect you and move you closer to doing that and living that dream, they were to to, to um, reveal that information to you. And so at the time I had been going for a couple months and I had gotten to a place where I was a regular and people knew me and that particular day, billionaire asked me to start. He asked me to pray the group in and he asked me to lead with speaking my dream. And that day, I said it was August of 2013. It was the first Wednesday, so whatever that date was. And I said to him and to everyone in the room, my dream is to have my own fitness studio. And I said, ideally, it would be a live workspace where I could live there and have my studio. And it would be in a neighborhood that doesn't have access to that kind of information and resources. And I would be close to to children. So I would ideally have like lots of schools around me because I really want to work with kids. And I just kind of laid out what it is that I wanted to do. And from that particular day on, I began to visualize it every day for about 45 minutes to an hour. I would sit in the middle of the floor at the other gym where I was renting space and training my clients. In between clients, whenever I had a break, I would sit in the middle of the floor with people working out all around me with my earphones on, I'd close my eyes and I would visualize my space. And, you know, as I did that, it became more and more vivid to me, the colors that I would paint the gym and what kind of equipment I would have and what kind of classes and services I would offer and what kind of people I would train and all the things that I would do in my community. Like, and it just became more and more vivid. And I I did that every single day from August till December. And I say till December because there was a Wednesday in December. I want to say it was like December 11th, I think. And I was looking on Craigslist because based on the event that I went to when I spoke my dreams into existence, someone said to me, the type of space you're looking for is called a mixed use space. That was language I didn't have before. I was saying live, work, loft. I was saying, you know, all these other things. But someone said to me, that's called a mixed use space. So one day in December, I looked on Craigslist and I typed in mixed use space. And I think I typed in like live, work or something to that effect. But I was like looking for this mixed use space. And this this building came up. And it was a beautiful building, loft space that had been redone, beautiful, like exposed wood beam in the ceilings and a brick wall and all this very like industrial looking warehouse looking like lighting fixtures and all these things. And I was like, oh, my God. And I immediately called the phone number and I said, I would love to make an appointment to come and see the space. And um, the woman I spoke to, she said, sure. Would you like to come in today? And I said, absolutely. I can be there by one o'clock. So I remember being so excited and I immediately started praying and just kind of saying, like, God, if this is my space, like, just 
let it be clear to me. Let me be, you know, let me know, let me all the things that I need. Like, I just, I just prayed. I just prayed like that if this were my space, that everything that I would need it to need to make it come true, make it come to fruition and make it be mine, that I would, that I would have it. And so I got in my car and I drove and on the way there, um, I listened to this song called Go Get It by Mary Mary. And the song is all about, you know, it's your time. This is what you've been praying for. Go get your blessing. You know, this is it. It's like all of that, right? And so I'm listening to that song. I listened to it on repeat. I had about a 20-minute drive from where I live to where the studio is. And I listened to that song on repeat. So about four or five times I heard it. So I came and looked at the space. And um, I loved it immediately but I had some some concerns it was just one big open space and because I knew that I wanted to live there what I didn't want was for it to be a situation where you know my bed was in the middle of the floor it's like okay well I'm here working out with you but I also see like your intimate living space you know your bedroom and you know all of that and I I knew that I didn't want that I wanted it to be a studio you know I wanted it to be my place of business so I had some concerns about how I was going to create this space and make it work. But anyway, I left there kind of feeling hopeful still, like, well, maybe there's a way I can build a divider or, you know, all of these things. So I remember calling one of my friends, Maisha, who does interior design. I remember telling her and she was like, yeah, I can come and see the space. We can try to figure it out. And so in my mind, I was going to make it work. I just knew like this was it. So ultimately... um that night at the time I was dancing at my church. So that was a Wednesday. On a Thursday, I'm I'm walking you guys through the timeline because I feel like these are relevant details that eventually um, when I share with you kind of where I am today will make sense. So bear with me. Um, I also think it's a pretty interesting, fascinating, amazing story because God. So anyway, that was a Wednesday. So at the time I was still dancing at my church and we had rehearsal on Thursdays. And so I went to rehearsal that Thursday and I said to the other women who I was dancing with, I said, You guys, I have a very important decision to make concerning my next steps in my career. I am praying about the decision. I am asking you to pray that I would have ears to hear when God speaks to me about what I need to do. Because the decision needs to be made in the next 24 to 48 hours. Right? Because I needed to apply to see if they would even approve me to move into the space and all that. And it needed to be done quickly because I knew that that space wouldn't last long. So I asked that they would pray that I would hear and that I would pray about the decision. That was Thursday night, Friday morning. And I just woke up and I just had this sense of like, do it, apply for the space and whatever happens, happens. So that was what I did. I, um, I resolved in my spirit when I woke up that morning on a Friday that I would just apply and that whatever would happen, if it was going to be my space, then I would be approved and it would not be anything that I would need to worry about. And then if not, that I would be at peace and I would know that this was God saying, this is not your time. This is not your space. And I was really okay with that. So I immediately went over to my mom's job and I don't know, remember, I don't, I was leaving my client. So I left my client in that morning and it was near my mom's job. So I went over to her job and I remember logging onto her computer and showing her the space online and being very excited about it and printing out all the things that I needed to print out um, to turn in with my application. And as I was on my way there, one of the women that I danced with, she called me and she said, good morning. And I said, hey, what's going on? And she said, 
um, nothing. She said, I'm really just calling you out of obedience. She said, last night you asked us to pray for you, and I did. And she said, this is what happened when I prayed for you, and God told me that I need to share it with you. I said, okay. And she said, when I prayed for you, I had a vision. She said, I had a vision of you. She said, signing. She said, you were sitting at a desk, and to your left was a black piece of paper, and to your right was a white piece of paper. She said, you were signing the black paper, and you were smiling, and you were excited. And she said, God told me to tell you that even though you cannot visualize it right now, to move forward, and that he has it all worked out. And immediately I knew what she was talking about. Now remember, I had not said anything to them about what the decision was concerning. I just said, I have a decision to make about my career, and I need that you would pray for me to hear what God is telling me to do. And because I had already woke up that morning with a resolve that I was gonna move forward, when she called me and confirmed by saying, God said, even though you can't visualize it to move forward, I knew immediately what she meant because the visualization um, reference was to the fact that I could not visualize yet how I was going to separate the space, but that I knew I needed to move forward. So I thanked her profusely for being obedient and for actually praying for me and, and for the vision that God gave her and for confirming what I already knew. I rushed over to the place, turned in my application, and... Um, as I was turning it in, there was a gentleman there who, well, um, the the office or the, the manager, the project or the property manager said, oh, actually, the owner of the building is here and he wants to speak to you. I went into the owner's office and um, it turns out that one of the guys who was in the space the, on that Wednesday before when I went to see it, whom I thought was just another person who was maybe interested in the space, actually ended up being the owner. So when I walked into his office, I immediately recognized him. And he sat me down and he asked me some questions about what I intended to do. He said, I know that you're interested in having this space to open it for your business and that you are, you do fitness. And he was asking me more about what I do. And so I was kind of telling him basically exactly what I had visualized from August until that point. What I saw for myself, what kind of clients, what kind of equipment, what I wanted to do in the community, I just gave him everything that I had been visualizing for the past four months. And he said to me, well, based on what you're telling me, he said, I have another space. It's currently occupied, but that person is interested in the space that you're looking at. So if they are willing to do a switch and you see their space and you like their space, would you be interested in possibly um, taking that space instead? And I said, sure, I'd love to see it. And he said, so at that moment, he tried to call the person who was living in or who was occupying the space and they weren't answering. And so, of course, he couldn't let me into their space without their permission. So he said, well, let's make arrangements. I'll talk to them and see when it's available for you to visit, for you to view it. We'll make arrangements and um, we'll go from there. You know, when if you like it, then we'll talk about what it, what it would look like for you to, you know, move into that space and him to take the space you're looking at. I said, cool. So this was a Friday afternoon in December. That evening, I had plans to go over to the children's hospital to do some toy donations and spend some time with the kids who were there. So my friends and I who were going to do that, that was Friday. I left the building. I immediately was on my way there. I got there, and I was so excited, and I was telling my friend. I remember showing her the pictures. I remember going on to Craigslist to try to show her the pictures because I was so excited, and the post was deleted. And I immediately got nervous because I was like, why is the post deleted? What does this mean? Did somebody get the unit? Oh, my God, I just came from the office. Why wouldn't he tell me? 
And she said to me, well, maybe they took it down because they intend to offer it to you. And I was like, I hadn't thought of that. And I said, oh, well, maybe. I said, okay. And so I kind of calmed down and we went about our evening. We spent time with the children at the hospital. We gave out toys and it was a wonderful you know, event. And we were approaching the holidays because it's like mid-December, right? So I'm just already in this kind of holiday cheer mood. And as I'm driving home, there's lights and it's Christmassy and I'm just talking to God and I'm excited and all of the things. And then um, they called me. They said, hey, um, you can come in tomorrow morning and see the space if you're available. And I said, sure. And I just got so excited. So I went to sleep Friday, woke up Saturday morning, drove over to the space. And the guy opened the back door to the residential end of the space. And before I stepped foot in the space, I just looked in and I said, this is it. This is my studio. And I hadn't even seen the studio space yet because that door to that space was closed, but I just was, and I hadn't even stepped foot into the living space. I just looked through the door and I looked around and I said, this is it. And the guy, the property manager, he said, well, do you want to come in and see? I said, yeah, I'm going to come in and look around. But this is it. So I walked through the threshold of the door. I looked around. I opened the cabinets. I clicked on light switches. I turned on water faucets. You know, just checking to see what's working, how everything is, you know, whatever. I, and I immediately started getting pictures of what I wanted to do and how I would decorate and how some of the furniture that I had in my other place would fit and just all of that. And I approached the door to the other space. So what I should say is that this space... What I was having difficulty visualizing in the other space was how I was going to divide the living space from the working space. This place was already completely divided. It had a wall that was completely built, a door that would close and lock. Um, it had a window that I could you know, peer through from one side to the other. It was completely separate. It was like a completely separate space, a living space and then a business or the, the front space, um, the storefront space. So when I opened that adjoining door, and looked into the studio again I started crying and I said to Jorge who was the property manager who was showing me the space I said to him I said Jorge do you believe in God and he said yeah and I said he just answered my prayers and I said and you just became my best friend because I'm about to cry in front of you and I just started bawling because this was it. I had found my studio and I knew that, I just knew, I knew that this was it. And so that was a Saturday morning. I told them that I was interested and they said, okay, well, let, let us talk to the other tenants to find out, um, you know, if they're still interested in doing the switch and, and if so, when, and so that we could talk about, you know, all of that. And then they still had to do like my credit check and do all of that. And so that was that. Sunday night, I was looking on like urbanoutfitters.com and they were having an apartment sale. And I just started buying up stuff. I think it was like 50% off all like apartment goods. I just started buying up stuff because I just knew I was about to move. I knew I didn't. I knew I was about to move. That was Sunday night. Monday morning, I was with my clients and I got a phone call 
from the property manager and he said, we would like to offer you the space. And I just lost it. I was so excited because I knew like this was it. My childhood dream from when I was 13 years old that I had spoken into existence and then spoken into its existence again a couple months prior at the Speak Dreams event, Wealthy Wednesday, it was happening. And I said, okay, um, you know, let me think about it. Let me figure some things out because the space was a little bit more expensive than the original one that I looked out. And so I had to look at my finances and just a couple of other things. And I had to, you know, because I would be moving, I had to talk about like what it was going to look like for me to move out of my other space because I hadn't given a 30 day notice and just all these things. And so they said, well, we need to know because of course other people are interested and we need to know as soon as possible. I said, okay. I thought on it for a few days, did what I needed to do. And by that Thursday, I was going in and signing the lease. And so essentially, eight days after my original viewing of the space on Craigslist, I was now signing a lease to be a business owner. And I had no idea what that meant. Not a single clue. I didn't know anything about permits. I didn't know anything about taxes. I didn't know anything about, you know, just all the stuff I had to do in terms of like fire codes. And I didn't know any of that. I literally just signed a lease. I emptied my bank accounts to pay the first and last month's rent. Plus I had to still pay rent at my other place where I was living and I had to pay all the moving expenses and I was um, just everything that was a part of that that transition. I just emptied my bank accounts to do all of it. And I literally had nothing. And so it was a matter of like now between this moment and the next time rent is due at this place, you need to come up with the money. And um, I did, you know, with my clients. I was still working for myself and I was still coaching water polo. And I think I was still working for the city, I was doing like some, as a, a contractor for the city of LA, doing some fitness work. I mean, I was just like all kinds of stuff. So I moved into the space in January of 2014 and I gave myself a launch date of May 31st. I don't remember why I came up with that date specifically um, but I just knew that that was my date. That was my like projected date. And I got busy. I got busy buying equipment. So every time I would get paid from a client, I would buy equipment a little bit here and a little bit there. I like bought the flooring. I bought kettlebells. I bought, you know, weights and I bought, you know, all kinds of different things. And, um, I would just get paid and I would buy something and I would come here on my lunch break and in the evenings after I was done with my clients and I would start building my gym. Literally, I would start putting putting the flooring down. I was, um, you know, I, I hired a friend of mine who paints to come in and paint the, the space. And I mean, I, this is, I was literally building my dream from the ground up. And I remember I had a neighbor who one day I was here unpacking and unloading things and I had taken some trash out to the dumpster and a neighbor of mine was outside and he was like welding something, like full-blown welding. And I saw him and it was late at night and so I didn't want to approach because he had a big-ass fire blowtorch. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to approach somebody at midnight with a blowtorch. Who knows what that could be. So, But I, I remember saying I need to talk to him. So the next day when it was daytime and he didn't have a blowtorch, 
I approached him and I said, hi, I'm your new neighbor. I noticed you were outside last night welding. I have some ideas for some things that I want to do in the space that I'm renting. And I kind of told him what I was doing with the gym and I kind of gave him this idea of what I wanted. And so if you have any suggestions or if you might be able to help me out about what you think, you know, I could do, I'll be, I would really appreciate it. So I left and went about my day, did my clients, did all that, came back that evening to do more work in the space. And I came home and he, he came over and he had this sketch. He had all these sketches of all these different ideas about how he might be able to execute what I wanted for my space, which I wasn't expecting. But he like fully took, you know, hold of this program or, or this project. And so um, he and I together kind of came up with, we finalized what it would look like for me to have this kind of metal structure where I could do multiple things. And long story short, he took me down to the scrap metal yard. We bought all the metal pieces that we would need for about a hundred bucks. He welded them together, painted them, sanded them, did all these things and created this, this, um, kind of structure. And if you've ever been in the gym, then you know what I'm talking about. It's the big black structure that's metal and it's kind of um, it's hooked into the cement floor and the brick wall and it kind of arches over and I use it to hook my TRX and I use it for pull-up bar and I use it for, you know, a couple, a couple of other kind of pulley type exercises that I do with my resistance bands and I had my um, battle rope, the big heavy rope attached to it. So, I mean, it was really a multifunctional piece that he built for me. And he did that, and he also installed my um, big heavy punching bag, which he like cut holes in the wall and roped it up and rigged it up all these amazing ways. And he did all that work for me for about $500. And when I looked online when I was going to buy the metal structure that I was going to order, the metal structure itself cost 1500 not to mention whatever it would have cost for them to come in and install it for me. So huge blessing. And not too long after he installed that, I'd say maybe a couple months later, he moved out and then eventually moved to Europe. So when I tell you it was such a God thing that I got the space and that and then he was here to help me build the space for such a nominal fee. And because he was my neighbor, he wasn't all pressed for the money. He let me pay it in installments because I was paying as I got paid from my clients plus buying other equipment, plus still needing to have money to pay the rent here, and you know, live. I had car note, you know, all that other stuff. So, I mean, he was really flexible with me around, you know, paying him for the work that he had done. He was like, you're my neighbor. You're right here. I'll get it when I get it. It's fine. You know, so, I mean, just so much grace in the process. And, you know, moving towards my opening date, there were times between January and May where I didn't think I was going to make it because, you know, just doing everything by myself and not always necessarily having money right away. And I've shared other stories about, you know, clients coming through last minute and buying up a bunch of sessions and, you know, making sure that I have the money that I need to to run the space. And so the grand opening came May 31st and all my friends and family came through and it was a beautiful day and I was incredibly just high for weeks because I was doing it. I was working for myself. I had quit my contract with the city and I was fully self-employed, running a business on just fumes and, and, and God's grace and favor. And I had made some connections with local churches where I was doing, you know, backpack giveaways for schools and providing kids with, you know, school materials and food. And I mean, I I was just, I was doing it. And for three years, I ran a business with no loan. 
Um, I think I may have used my credit card maybe once or twice for some of the larger purchases. But for the most part, it was a cash out of pocket business. My cash flowed in from my clients and they sustained me. Um, they sustained the business and my personal, you know, life, my, you know, cause I was also living here. So it was essentially, you know, my rent as well. Plus, you know, my other stuff, my car note, insurance, you know, groceries, gas, all the stuff that you need to live. Right. So I was running a business and I was living my life and I was working for myself. And I did that for three years. And over the time, um, I remember I would say, like, people think they're coming to me for fitness, but I know it's so much more. I knew that. I was very, very clear about that. When I said to my mom on the porch, I've outgrown this space and it's time for me to have my own. It's time for me to move on. I knew that what I was doing was so much bigger than fitness because, again, I had submitted to the idea that God had called me to minister. And so I knew that what I was doing was so much bigger than physical fitness and that people who were coming to me were coming to me because they thought it was about body weight and about losing weight and about toning up and about you know training for the marathon or whatever they thought but i knew that there was something so much deeper and i would always pray daily that god would make me available to him to be used as a vessel to speak to these people who ultimately were really seeking god um, for something and maybe had not acknowledged that or weren't aware of the fact that he was going to show up, that God was going to show up um, through me, through their interactions with me. And I had become very, very comfortable with being that vessel. And um, so I kept the space very sacred. I was very, very protective of what kind of energy I allowed in there Um and all of that. And so um, as the time went on and people would confess to me different things and reveal to me different things, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard the phrase from people, I don't know why I'm telling you this. They would say to me, I'm not sure why I'm sharing this with you. I've never told anyone this. And it was in those moments that I would just smile inside and say, you know, I know, I would be very clear, I know why you're sharing this with me, why you're telling me this, why you've not shared this with anyone else but me. I was very clear about that. And that for me would be like the signal, like, okay, it was like the bat signal, like it's time, God, are you ready? Because they're about to spill the beans and I need you to speak to and through me because I'm clear that this is about you. And so... um that would happen more and more. And I realized in doing the work with people's physical beings that I asked, I had to also begin to care for their spiritual, mental, and emotional being. And I started creating programs around that. So I started Love, Sweat, and Years, which was a couple's thing, which for me is very important. I'm all about love and I'm all about family and I'm all about partnership. And so I realized the importance of having a strong bond and, and how we could use fitness to to do that and then I started the she workshop stimulate healing energy which a women which is a women's workshop all around healing from emotional trauma be it around body image issues or emotional trauma from relationships or family you know or just you know the things that women suffer through and struggle with um creating a community around that and doing you know physical 
exercise around releasing that energy to stimulate healing energy, you know, to begin to move beyond those stories and those traumas into a whole healthy life and existence and being. So I created that. I just started creating different spaces around, you know, just healing um, holistically and dealing with the whole self, your relationships with yourself, with one another, with your lover, your emotional being, your psychological being, your spiritual being. And the more I did that, the more I started to feel like that was my next level. That was my next, um, like that was how I was evolving into that. And so then I examined going to school. And so now I am wrapping up my first year in a program at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology in clinical psychology with an emphasis in marriage and family therapy. It's a dual degree program, a master's and a doctoral degree. And I feel myself moving in that direction. And so, gosh, you fast forward from May 31st, 2014, the three years of evolving, learning, growing, um, submitting to the calling on my life, um, surrendering to the gifts and how they are manifesting as I work with my clients, hearing people say when I'm getting testimonies from them and I'm like, oh, I want to put this on my website and everyone's saying, you know, it is as much a spiritual workout as it is a physical one. And I come to her because I know that I'm going to have my soul fed and that emotionally I'm going to be healed. As much as I am reaching and striving for my you know, fitness goals, I am also getting a therapy session. And I'm hearing people say this over and over and over again. And it gets to a place where it's like, okay, I can't ignore this. And I have to start to look at myself and why I'm fighting that, right? And it's like, I've been an athlete my whole life. I'm comfortable with that. I'm familiar with that. I know I'm good at that. But that's not who I am. It's what I do. And allowing myself, giving myself permission to evolve beyond this title and really allow who I am to flourish and to exercise that and to begin to operate in that and not hold myself captive to what I used to do because it's what I'm familiar with, but allowing myself to move into this next season to level up because this is just the next layer. It's like the peeling of an onion. This is what you have been doing. This is what you've been good at. This is what you're familiar with. This is what you went to school for. This is what you hoped and dreamed about. But that was also 20 years ago. You get to level up. You get to dive deeper. You get to be more. You get to do more. And that looks like um, shining the light on the personal work that you've been doing, the revelations that you've gotten from that work. And then ultimately, it's your responsibility to share that. Um, And so then I developed the F word, which is my online personal development, you know, coaching program, which is all about how to approach and overcome your fears around creating the life that you want to live. So that could be in your relationships, that could be in your career, that could be in your health, that could be in your finances, whatever it looks like for you to begin to move closer to your life goals 
And whatever the stories are that we tell ourselves about why we can't or shouldn't or won't do that, they're all rooted in fear. And so having done this work personally, um, it was just becoming more and more clear to me that it was time to move into sharing this work with the world. And the more I did that, and then now being enrolled in school, it became more and more and increasingly more challenging to also run the fitness business. And so fast forward to March of this year. And if you follow me on social media, then you may have seen me make reference to how incredibly difficult the month of March was for me. And when I say difficult, it was difficult for me emotionally. It was difficult for me psychologically. It was difficult for me financially. It was difficult for me professionally. I mean, I was being dragged, it felt like, by life in the month of March. I um, went through a breakup, um, which I don't typically like to use the word breakup because I always feel like, you know, it's a separation and no one is broken. But at that time, I really actually did feel like I was broken. So, um, but my relationship ended. Um, I was losing clients left and right. So financially, it was hard for me to sustain the business. Um, gosh, like school was a lot, you know, I was like, it was like, um, I was, midterms were happening and then I was hoping my, my friend, my best friend was getting married and I was the maid of honor. So I was planning all of her bachelorette festivities, but she lives in Maryland. So I was planning everything in DC, a city that I'm not really familiar with. And I was having to correspond with venues and restaurants and people out there and try to keep up with the schedule and do all of that. And so psychologically, I was taxed from trying to plan that and keep up with my schoolwork. And and then, you know, I spiritually, I was feeling this tug to move on to different things in my life. But it was challenging for me to make that decision because I felt like, am I abandoning, you know, what I've always known and what I've always been and my dream? And what does this mean? And I don't even know what it looks like to move on to the next level. I, you know, so it was just all of these things happening all at once, all in one month. And um, I was just overwhelmed and it was incredibly difficult for me. And I actually cried every single day in March. Um, every day for a month, actually for about a month and a half because... Even those first couple of weeks of April, I cried every day. And so I remember, so um, I was leaving one day. I was actually on my way to um, The Simple Things. My friend Lorenzo, shout out to Lorenzo and The Simple Things Project, had a pop-up. And I remember it was, I think it was um, April 12th, I believe it was, or the 11th, one of those days. It was like the first, it was like the second week of April though, and it was a Wednesday, I remember that. And I had finished my last paper that was due for that spring semester of school 
and he was having his pop-up and I had not had a chance to go because I was just overwhelmed with all the other shit that was happening in my life. But I knew that I wanted to go because I really just adore that project. I really do. And so anyway, I knew that I wanted to go. And um, I remember finishing up that last paper and deciding like, I'm not doing anything else today. I'm going to this pop-up. And I remember getting myself together, getting dressed, and I walked outside to get in my car. And it was like I felt the sun touch my skin for the first time ever in my life. And I was like, it like snapped me out of it. And I was like, what have I been doing? Immediately, I was like, what life have I been living? What have I been doing? What has been going on with me? And it was like, I felt God was like, it felt like God put his hand on me, like, and he just, I, I don't, I can't even describe it. If you know me, then you know that I'm a sun chaser. As soon as the sun comes out, I'm trying to be outside. I don't, I'll take my computer, I'll work outside at the park, I'll go to the beach. It doesn't matter. When we go out to eat, I'm like, can we sit on the patio? Like, I love being outside. So to feel the sun on my skin in that way, like that knowing how much I enjoy being outside, but feeling like this was the first time I ever stepped into the sun almost felt like a rebirth. And it was like, what have I been doing? But at the same time, it, I felt alive like I was so excited. I was so excited for the semester to be over. I was excited to feel like I was waking up to myself again. I was just excited. And I remember getting my car and just opening the sunroof and driving on my way and just going to this pop-up. And I, I don't, it was like that. It was like a shift, like a pivotal shift. The next week I had a, I had a meeting with my financial advisors, advisor. It was exactly one week later. It was Wednesday. We had a meeting. We were talking about everything that was going on with the business. And, you know, she was like, whatever you want to do, I'm going to support you. So if you want to come up with a strategy for keeping the business open, we're going to do that. If you're ready to move on, we're going to do that. And she said, if I can be honest with you, over the last few conversations that we've had, she said, it sounds to me like you're ready to move on. She said, every time we talk, all you mention, all you talk about is your next level. All you talk about is your new season. All you talk about is the next thing that you're going to do. And it doesn't sound to me like you're incredibly invested in trying to keep the doors of this gym open. And it almost kind of like felt like it took for her to say that to give me permission to be okay with closing the studio. It was like part of what had been tugging at me for the last month and a half was that I knew it was time to move on, similar to the moment that I had when I stood on the porch with my mom in 2013, that I knew it was time to move on, but this, for some reason, felt like a betrayal. Like, moving on from where I was then to moving into the studio felt like walking into my destiny. This same feeling of knowing that it was time to leave felt like walking away from my child. So it was the same feeling of knowing that it was time to move on, but it was my, the meaning that I had given to that feeling that kind of changed my experience of it.
And this time, the meaning that I had given to it wasn't this meaning of excitement about being, you know, aligned with my purpose and my destiny. It was more about like abandoning what I thought was my my life. I thought, you know, this was I've been wanting this for 20 years in my childhood and I wrote this out and all of the things. And so I had kind of given it this meaning of being like, again, who I am as opposed to something that I do. And so when she said, you know, it sounds like you're ready to move on, it was like it gave me the freedom to admit it and say, yes, I am. I am ready to move on. And um, essentially that was what happened. I just said, you know what, I, I am. And similar to that day on my porch, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how it's going to happen. Um, but I know that it's time. Um, I just found myself in that same place again. And I, as soon as I kind of said it out loud, I felt this burden lift off my shoulders. And similar to the feeling I had a week prior when I walked outside and felt the sun on my skin for what felt like the first time in my life, it also felt like I was internally like awakened again to the idea and the excitement of possibility of what's next and what's new and what's building and I'm always people who know me I'm always talking about jumping I'm always talking about the leap I'm always you know saying you know you just take a step and either solid ground will appear beneath you or you will develop wings to fly but I'm always going to be willing to take that next step and so that was essentially what I decided to do on April 19th was take the next step. So I officially kind of resolved in my spirit that I would be closing the studio. And so um, this excitement just kind of came over me and I just kind of started to revisit that same process. Started visualizing what it would look like, my next life, um, the next season or next phase of my life. And God began to speak to me in the same way. You know, he kind of showed me that I'd be doing workshops and he showed me that I would be um, my time, the shift in what my time availability would look like. He kind of just started showing me a number of things, all of which I won't reveal to you now because, you know, similar to the process with the, the studio, I would like for you to just see it as it manifests. And then one day, maybe I'll share that story as well. But he just began to gave me to give me a sneak peek of what this new season of my life is going to look like and i just started closing doors you know um i officially retired from some jobs that i have had in the past that i haven't worked um for a long time but i have like pension plans you know when i worked for as a teacher for the LAUSD when i worked for the city you know i had a contract with the city i have all these i've i've literally lived multiple lifetimes you guys I've had jobs and jobs and jobs and so um, I officially retired from those jobs I pulled down pensions and I shifted money into new accounts and I just started setting myself up for this new vision that God gave me about what my life is going to be Um, and so you know I gave notice to the owner of the space that I would no longer be occupying the space as of the end of May, as of today, May 31st. And um, I started to prepare to clear out the space and to move, you know, 
on to my next season, essentially. And so here I am on today, May 31st, 2017, exactly three years to the day that I opened the studio. I am now moving out of the studio. And of course, there's been a whirlwind of emotions attached to that. Um, But more than the emotions, I am focused on the lessons. And one of the things that I have said throughout this entire process is more than anything, what I've learned from running this studio is who I am and what I am capable of. I have seen myself show up for myself in ways that I could have never imagined. And it was because I was in a situation where I didn't have a choice. And so what I know to be true um, about this life is that it teaches you lessons when you're ready to learn them and you're ready to learn them in situ- when you're in situations where you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You have to show up. And so life will show you what you are capable of. You, you, you hear people say you don't know how strong you are until you don't have a choice but to be strong. And that is the truth. So much, like again, what I said to you guys, I didn't know shit about running a business. I didn't know about permits and codes and taxes and any of that. The fire people came by here and they were like, girl, you got it all wrong. And so thankfully they were gracious enough to kind of just, you know, walk me through the process and say, here's what you need to do. Here's where you need to go. Here's what you need to, you know, the paperwork, all of that. And they didn't just shut me down because they could have. And I imagine there have been places and times when they did. But I believe God was covering this business and he knew that there I was on assignment here and that, you know, I was aligned with people who were going to have mercy on me and allow me to learn and figure it out as I went along and as I was on the, the journey and in the process of completing my assignment here in this space. Um, another thing that... I've taken from this because I I did take it hard and I had to realize there's a difference between giving up and moving on. So I had to really deal with the emotions and feeling like, am I just walking away because it's hard financially or because I'm tired emotionally or because I'm overwhelmed psychologically? Um, Am I walking away? Am I just giving up? Am I throwing in the towel? And I had to realize, no, I'm not. I'm not giving up. There's a difference between giving up and moving on. And I think that difference, what I've said is that difference is giving up is when you don't think you can do it. Moving on is when you have done all you can do. And so it's not that I don't think I can do it. I obviously can. I've done it for three years. It's not that. It's not that I don't think I can. It's that I know that I've done all I can I I really truly believe my season here, my time here, my assignment here is complete. I've done what I was called to do here. And I think more than anything, and another lesson that I've learned from this is that 
this was God giving me this because he was meeting me where I was. Had he said to me, you're going to get a doctoral degree in clinical psychology and you're going to do all the things that he has revealed to me that I'm going to be doing, whether it be the F word or the she workshop or the love, sweat and years, couples fitness and all the speaking I've been doing this year and that he has aligned for me to do coming up and for the remainder of the year and all the other things that I have had visions of myself doing. Had I had these visions, had God given me these visions three years ago prior to opening the studio, I probably would have rejected it the same way I rejected him saying, you're called to be a minister. And it was that I needed to go through these three years and do the work that I was doing with my clients and see um, how it progressively unfolded my gifts as well as my ability to translate those gifts into action um, with my clients. It was that three years of doing that work in the setting of being in a fitness studio where I was comfortable, where I felt confident, where I thought I knew what I was doing. I needed to do it in that setting in order to be confident that I could do it beyond that setting. Because again, I had to evolve from understanding that it's not who I am, it's what I do. And so I believe that he gave me this studio and this setting because he knew that that was what I had the capacity to receive in my in my mind. That was what I was comfortable with doing and I was operating in that space because that's what I could do. And that was what I understood myself to be at that time. But that in going through the process and seeing myself show up for myself and show up ultimately for my community and for my clients, through that, I, through the work that I was doing for myself, that I would build the confidence that I could do what it is that he's now calling me to do in this next season. And so this was always a stepping stone. This was always a pit stop. This was always just one kind of layer or one stop on the train. Um, it was always that, but I needed to believe that it was my be all end all in order for me to commit to it in the way that I needed to commit to it, to get everything that I needed to get from it. So I needed to believe that this was it, but it never was. It was never it. It was always bigger than that. And even when I think back to the conversation that I had with my mom on the stairs of my place in Baldwin Hills, I said to her, what I'm doing is much bigger than fitness and I need to have my own space because at the time what I was saying was I need to have my own space because I need my clients to feel safe and feel comfortable expressing to me, sharing with me, you know, if they need to cry, if we need to pray, if we need to do those things, we need to be in an environment where we feel safe and comfortable doing that. And you can't do that when somebody's on the treadmill next to you or somebody's waiting for the leg press or there's tons of people around or the music is blaring or whatever other environment is happening when we're in a public space. I knew that I needed my own space because I knew that if my clients needed to go there, whether it was a spiritual conversation or a personal conversation or whatever, we needed to have a sacred space for them to be able to do that. And so in my mind, when I was saying it's much bigger than fitness, I was thinking we need to have a fitness space where if it gets to that place in a conversation, they could do that. But what I now understand was that was my kind of very limited view of what it meant to say what I'm doing is so much bigger than fitness, so much bigger than training. I said it, 
But my understanding of what I was saying was very limited at that time. And it took for me to go through this three years to really grasp that. So that's another lesson that I learned is that nothing is permanent. Um, Everything is temporary. And it's interesting because that all kind of converged for me, even in the lesson of my relationship ending back in March. Like I really thought, and I think the reason why it hit me so hard and why I felt so broken um, at the ending of that relationship was because um, I thought that um, with that relationship, it was a lot, in a lot of ways, exactly what I wanted um, in terms of how it was unfolding the relationship that we had with each other prior to even moving into being in this kind of committed monogamous thing, you know, just as friends and who he was and who I understood myself to be in relationship to him and what we had committed to and agreed to do and what we had talked about creating in the world together and all of these things. And so when I thought that that was what it was going to be and it I was kind of blindsided by the ending of that um that was even a lesson so it was like at the same time I was learning that lesson in the context of my relationship which is that nothing is permanent you know everything is temporary I'm kind of getting that lesson in a bigger way with the studio being again I had all these expectations attached to what it was going to be, what I was going to create in the world and how that was going to show up and what I was going to do through this business, all that. It was kind of like, mm, no. And the same way I had gotten excited about being in that relationship and, and kind of moving from a, a relationship that I was in prior to us and kind of it being like, oh, you know, I made room for you. I made room for you to be everything that I knew I wanted a relationship um, similarly, I have to make room in my life for everything that I know I want in my career and for the impact that I want to make in the world. I sent a text to my friend Tiffany on April 27th of 2016 saying, I'm going to change the world and I need you to remind me of this when shit gets rough. And exactly, almost exactly one year to the date, I was reminded of that through a conversation that I had with my other dear friend, Carrie, who again kind of, we had this conversation where I was, it was clear and I declared I'm going to change the world. And it was almost exactly one year to the day that I said that, which was again, exactly one week after I had decided I was going to close the studio. So all these things were happening that were kind of just signs that I was making the right move and lessons were coming up for me about, you know, this three years being a pit stop and that it was always a pit stop. And then I got to be you know, I, it was God granting me the grace of allowing me to evolve in a space that I was comfortable in. He kind of said, okay, this is where your mind is. This is what you have the capacity to receive in this space, in this studio. So I'm going to give it to you in a way that makes sense to you. Because God, again, going back to the concept of my gratitude journal, speaks to us specifically in ways that we understand. So for some people, that's through dreams. For some people, that's through music. For some people, that's through visions. For some people, that's through the people that they send into your life, you know, through conversation, all these different ways. Um, And so I believe that God spoke to me and said, okay, this is what I want to do in your life. This is what I want to do through your life. But this is the capacity by which you understand and you can receive that blessing right now. And so... 
I'm going to give it to you like this. Until you evolve to a place where you are ready to receive it in another way. And here I am today, ready to receive that blessing in another way. Working towards being Dr. Joy in clinical psychology, which is something you could have never told me three years ago, five years ago. Even one year ago, when it was time for me to apply, I was kind of like, I don't even understand why I'm doing this, but I'm going to do it. And so um, here I am. And more than anything, what I have to say to myself out loud in front of, or pseudo in front of all of you who are listening, is that I am not a failure. Because a large part of the conversation that I was having with myself and coming to the conclusion of closing the studio was, does this mean that I have failed? And the answer is no. Because what I understand to be true about this whole experience is that I lived out a dream. I had a dream when I was 13 years old that I wrote out on paper that I would own my own fitness studio. And then I spoke that dream into existence in the summer of 2013 more than a decade after I wrote it on paper and I spoke what it would look like to live that dream. And then a few short months after I spoke it, I signed a lease to begin to live that dream. And for three years, every day, I woke up in that dream. And I manifested I dreamt it, and then I real-lifed it. And I did all that I could do in the space of that dream. So closing the studio is not a sign of failure. It is a sign of freedom because I can say unlike a lot of people who live and die in this world, that I lived out one of my biggest dreams. So, as I prepare to walk into what is now my new dream, and even as I am uncertain about what that looks like, how it's going to unfold, and how it's going to impact me and what it's going to usher me into, I can be so excited because I am going into, I'm soaring into this new season on the wings of freedom that have said, you are capable. You are prepared. And you are essentially ready because to be capable is to be able to do something, to have the capacity, to have the ability. To be prepared is to have the resources, maybe the knowledge and you know the connections and relationships and all that, to be prepared. But to be ready is to be willingly 
and intentionally and consciously decisive about doing it. And that's where I am. I am capable, I am prepared, and I am ready. And none of that happens without the three years that I've spent in the E-Sleep Sweat studio. So on today, May 31st, 2017, as I am cleaning up the last bits of everything that is here and preparing to close this gate for the last time, um, I am grateful. I'm grateful for my time. I'm grateful for the lessons. I'm grateful for the the tough days and nights and tears and all the times I didn't think that I would make it. I'm thankful for the relationships that I've built, the lives that I've touched, the community that I served. I am thankful for um, this opportunity to live out this dream. I'm thankful for my relationship with God as he has revealed himself to me throughout this process that I've become closer to him um, and that I have seen him in manifest in me um, in ways that I could not have imagined prior to this experience. And I'm thankful for this opportunity to share this story with someone who um, may be moving into their own new season, who may be um, questioning their identity as it may be attached to what they do. Um, and they're being reminded that Um, What you do is not who you are, and you are free to evolve and move and grow and stretch and change. Um, I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for this life and the opportunity to live it. And I'm thankful for whoever may be listening that will be blessed by the sharing of my testimony. I had no idea what I was going to say. I have no idea how it's going to sound. <laughs> As I said to you, my throat is not feeling well. Um, um, but nothing will ever stop me from sharing my story. I feel like I'm responsible for sharing my story. I feel like it is my duty to share my story. And I feel like we all have an important story and that I get to lead by example um, in the sharing of my story. So that being said, before I begin to ramble, I will um, close this podcast out. And I think I'm just going to post it immediately. I'm not even going to edit it. So there's that. Until we meet again, thank you guys so much. You can find me on social media at Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S. Um, and look out for what is next from me. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to Real Matters of the Heart, where we say life is all about chances. You can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. Peace out.